Well, good morning, everyone. It is the month of March, and with the month of March comes the rain, it comes the uh, flowers, comes the spring, which then leads into summer. So we're not far off from warmer days. Um, but today I'm actually in the New York City, um, and I'm joined by Aranka, uh, who uh, works with me, uh, who collaborates with me in the outdoor adventure programs at camp. Um, but also year-round, um, we are constantly busy like little bees, getting prepped and ready for the summer. But this conversation really is around the outdoor adventure, and it being the month of March, um, it just happens to be a, a month that we find time to celebrate women and those who identify, you know, in those sort of areas. Um, I think we should celebrate everybody all the time, <laughs> but trying to stay in line with you know, what is happening and what is relevant. Um, Aronk and I thought we would sit down and talk about outdoor adventure um, and just, you know, what it is that inspires. So Aronka, welcome to the podcast this morning. Thank you for having me. Ah, not, not a problem. It's, it's, always, it's always a pleasure to sit down with my fellow coworkers, um, talk about things that we love, um, the passions that we have in life. And when it comes to things like outdoor adventure, um, we, um, and for those of you who don't know, Aranka and I have been working together. I mean, how long, Aranka, have we been working together now? Um, it's going to be 10 years this year. So we're talking a decade. So we have hiked things, ran things, swam things, climbed things um, for over 10 years. And that has come with, you know, um, its ups, its downs. And I think part of this conversation is about that, the the ups and downs of adventure and, and why and how it inspires people to get outside and, and this innate, maybe we'll even talk about fractals today, Aranka, because <laughs> love fractals, you know, what is it about the outdoors? Um, but maybe just to help people who don't know you think of this as a little intro, you know, what are some uh, things that you might want the people listening uh, to know about you, a brief history of Aranka? Brief history of Aranka. Okay, so I, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I grew up in Bombay, India, born and brought up, um, spent the first 18 years of my life in India, but then came to the US to a little small town in Colorado called Durango to study adventure education. Um, I graduated in 2013. Um, but before I graduated, I needed an internship to um, see me through the course. And I found Camp IHC at the time and have stuck with it since. And it's, yeah, as I said earlier, it's going to be 10 years. And throughout these 10 years, I've worked seasonally, um, done things in my off time, tried to travel the world, and then always had a place to come back to at camp, but now have the privilege of working full time. Amazing, amazing. So within those brief little adventures, let's go pre um, 18, right? So you're in India, you're growing up, you like anybody else would have had an upbringing with education. Um, but at some point, there must have been an outdoor adventure memory to inspire you. What is your earliest outdoor adventure memory? Um. So where I grew up was in Bombay, which is a big city, but two hours away is a little town called Pune, 
Um, and I was lucky enough to have an aunt who used to love spending time outside. And whenever I used to go stay with her, we would go on little hikes outside and walk around. And one of the cool things to do, I guess, back home is explore forts that were built years and years ago by kings of the past. Um, and one of my earliest big memories is going to climb up to a fort and hike it and walk around it. And that's honestly, I think what got me into wanting to be outside more. Amazing. So you had an aunt that inspired you. Um, you know, uh, when I think back to my earliest days, uh, it was my father and a family friend that took me outdoors. So there's almost something about there's the internal family that just is getting you to classes, getting you to school, making sure that you food is on the table. And then there's these call it a funkle, you know, or, you know, that that says, hey, let's try something different. So having someone that is not a direct family member, um, that's kind of what we are at summer camp as well, is here we are, you know, doing these experiences. There's kids whose families and parents, you know, are, you know, sending kids away. Um, I have relatives and cousins you know, that come and visit me and, and I'm the rock climber that takes them going. So as an outdoor adventure enthusiast, as an outdoor adventure director, as an outdoor adventure guide, what do you think are some of the tenants, you know, that when you take other people's children, when you think back to your experiences, were there things that people did that kept it safe, but also kept it adventurous? Because that word adventure means something. So thinking back on those reflections, you know, did you feel nervous? Did you feel supported at the same time? You know, and are there certain traits or whatnot that are more important than others? Of course, I think I think with anything outdoor adventure, you kind of want to push your comfort zone um, and you kind you want you want to stay in your growth zone. Right. But you don't want to push it too far to the extent where you're so nervous that you're not having any fun or learning anything. Um, so I think when I was going through college and things, I learned that it was a really, it was really important to um, push yourself, but not over a limit. And I had teachers and friends and guides that helped me understand where that was and how to communicate before we felt like we were too out of our depth. Um, and I think that's important for our kids too. We want to give them a good learning experience. We want them to enjoy themselves, but at the same time, feel like they're achieving something. So there is a delicate balance to be found. Um, and I think we do find it for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you don't, and there's a storm, uh, you know, the one thing I would just also tell people is if you start to feel like you're, you're getting outside your comfort zone, then imagine how those campers, how those people are feeling, um, you know, because it's not just you anymore. Um, and, you know, as an adventurer, one of the things you know, we often hear about is type one fun, type two, and, and like this type three. Um, and, and for those who aren't familiar with type, type one fun is like doing something that's very easy. It's comfortable. It's something you enjoy. It's eating ice cream. It's, you know, there's, there's very limited risk on that. Type two fun is now you're, you're climbing something harder. You're riding that mountain bike trail that really pushes you. Um, you're going down the biggest hill. You're doing a, a rapid that's pushing your boundaries, um, you're falling off older problems. But again, the, the risk, there's a rope to catch you and think type three, five, you know, now we're like, that's the I survived. 
that was pretty awesome, but there was a chance I wasn't. Um, obviously, we at IAC never want to get into a type three situation because um, that's where we are. So within that type two fun, you know, have there been times where you've pushed yourself? Um, you felt that adrenaline rush, the endorphins pumping, um, and thinking back to it, because I think as, you know, someone in the outdoor adventure realm who is seeking this excitement and adventure, but also finding that balance of safety, can you give some examples of times you've pushed your comfort zone and challenged yourself? Oh, 100%. I think making the decision to come study something like adventure education was was a big deal because I, the only experience I had was hiking, you know, and there's so much more to an outdoor adventure education degree than just, not just hiking, but hiking. And every new experience, and that was me getting out on the water, in the water, in kayaks, in canoes, or even climbing or going through canyons. Every experience was so new for me um, that it was all excellent type two fun. Um, and of course, we've all all fallen into that type three category and none of us really want to be there. Um, but type two fun is is rewarding and that's where you want to be absolutely I, I couldn't agree more and so uh, the word rewarding meaning that you know when we think about almost like the psychology of the human brain and behavior like i'm not sitting there talking about pavlov i'm giving you a treat and watch you salivate it's really about expanding that comfort zone so you know three things you talk about is there's a, a physical gain right you're developing new skills um there's this mental game that you're training your brain but there's also this emotional growth i think that happens and you know being being a person who identifies you know as a woman is a woman however, however we, we say that correctly you know in today's age being a person from a different country coming into this new space you know there was the physical you know but i can only imagine the mental and emotional challenges you know that came up how how were you successful and maybe that's the thing not focusing on I had a negative experience because of my color or a negative experience because I'm a female or I had to fight harder. Those, the, I, I can only imagine that was the case at times, but what were the positive outlooks? Were there people, mentors, uh, friends that helped you through that? Were there people that said, no, Araka, stick it through because by getting out this other side, you're going to be a better version. And because I think that can be really inspire, inspirational to people listening. Absolutely. I had teachers in college that would recognize where I was and where I came from, but also give me that push um, to do these things outside my comfort zone. And then there's also been you, you know, at camp in this new environment that's also pushed me constantly to be better in everything I do, whether it's climb, whether it's swim, whether it's be out in the water or be mentoring and leading staff. Um, I can I can think of so many people in my life, Logan, who's who's helped me. Um, and I think it's so important to have a supportive community and surround yourself with people whose I ideals are aligned with yours, who can encourage you, but not haze you, you know, to do better. Um, I'm also lucky enough to live in a house with five other people who all have the same same goals and same values. Some of them are 
training to do a triathlon. Everyone's doing a five or a 10K in the next two weeks. Like it's a really good place to be. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and I love how you circle back is that it's not a hazing piece, but it's an inspirational, it's a motivational piece. And I think that's what we want to make sure that people who work at IHC, who um, hang with IHC staff, that there is this culture of we're honest with each other, we're competitive with each other, but never in a way that is meant to be uh, make you feel less than who you are the conversations, the, the orientations. Um, so, you know, and, and even in this, you know, conversation, you know, Raka, it's, we train staff on the regular basis. And if there's one thing we are with staff, that's honest. And that can sometimes take people a, a little bit by like, Whoa, wait, I thought I knew all this, or I thought I was, I had these skill sets and, and that can almost like be a, a mind shock to people. So helping people set them up for success by being honest with people, but also inspirational to people to say, run your run, you know, climb your climb and push yourself and challenge yourself. What a better place to be to be inspired versus no, it's okay. Let's just, you know, be less healthy, be less emotionally challenged, be less, you know, open minded um, with what's out there. So I think we say being better versions of ourselves is fantastic. So that's great to share that. So when, you know, when you think about your outdoor, you know, activities and adventure, you know, and speaking to those outdoor adventure to the, to the kids that are listening, to the parents that are listening, you know, what are your activities that you look the most forward to? And you could say this season, it's this, you know, this season is this, this time of year is this during the summer, it's this, like you can, you can have a few, I won't say you have to tell me one, <laughs> but you know, are there certain activities that stand out and, and why are they your current favorites maybe for sure um i think ever since i discovered climbing that has probably been one of my favorite activities um i prefer to do it outside would happily do it inside as well depending on weather um but that's something i feel like i would like to dedicate more time to doing um but other things as well i love being on the water not necessarily in the water as much preferably in a boat of some sort, um, would like to do longer canoe trips and kayaking trips. I think, I think everything I like to do takes me out into the back country for longer periods of time, whether that's backpacking, being outside. You laughed about fractals as we started this conversation. <laughs> and for everyone listening, a fractal is pretty much a geometric design that occurs naturally in nature or unnaturally necessarily would be like a, a mandala, you know, if you're thinking about it. And they're known to de-stress you, to soothe your brain. Um, and being outside just in general is so, so beneficial for your well-being, for where you are. Um, and anything that brings me outside gives me joy. Um, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, if it was cold outside, what would I prefer to be doing? I would have probably said curl up on a couch in a blanket reading a book, but I'm kind of trying to push that comfort zone and get outside in any weather. Um, and last year we, we spent our winter at camp and it snowed a lot. So we bought cross country skis and that was a new experience for me, getting out even when it was cold and, you know, pushing those limits and getting out there. So I think, I think that was good. 
That's amazing. And, and a great example to this for the, most people don't know, I'm not a big fan of early rising, but just the other morning, uh, Aranka and Jerrica who work year round with us here, um, encouraged me to meet them at the gym at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it was great. Um, you know, I, I think the world offers speed bumps. You know, there's there's always the easy path to stay in bed, to skip that. But once you get over that bump, you know, a body in motion tends to stay in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. That's, you know, Newton's laws. Um, but by getting that start, by, by getting yourself moving, um, even here in the office, encouraging people to get up from their desks, um, encouraging kids, you know, at school to move. I mean, recess, as much as people laugh about it, and we were, we were meeting some new campers the other day, right, Aranka? And they're like, I was like, what's your favorite activity? And, of course, they're all recess. Well, why? Because they're, they're, they're moving, they're shaking, their brains are engaging, they're socializing with each other. And then they come back and do what they need to do. But I think more so about moving that body and the emotional and physical benefits to moving in however that movement is. And we see that when we go outdoors, a couple of weeks ago, you and Logan were in, in, in Colorado and it was snowy <laughs> and cold. But, you know, we put our, put our shoes on and we went out for a hike and we just all felt great. And there was that sort of earned you know, uh, rest and reflection afterwards in the outdoor adventure aspect of things. So I can absolutely speak to that. And, and I, I do feel better. And, and I think I see it in the kids at camp on a rainy day. Um, and, and you can maybe speak to this, Ronka, is once we get the kids out the door, there's no complaints. They're, they're seeing the eastern red-spotted newts. They're seeing the trees in a different color and a different light. And their bodies are moving and they're splashing in the mud and, and the kids are being kids again and the staff get to be out there with them and share that experience. So sometimes those rainy days that could almost be perceived as the most challenging days end up being the days that you remember the most because we're able to accomplish something. So I guess that being said, is, is there some experiences that you've had working in the outdoor adventure field, sharing your knowledge in the outdoor adventure field that you can sort of speak to those coming in and say, Here's an experience I had working with a group of kids and it was, I thought it was going to be a challenge or it was a challenge, but in the end, because of that challenge or because of that mindset, when it switched, it ended up being a really great memory. Um, so at the start of every summer, all the outdoor adventure staff come in for a three week orientation. And a part of that orientation for some of the tripping staff is to take them up to the Adirondacks and physically visit all of the places we expect them to take the kids to. Um, and over the years, we've had some great weather up there, but more often than not, we haven't. And it, it'll be constantly raining for three or four days on end. And it's, it's so important to remember to lead by example in those times. Like, you don't want to be out there. You don't want to be doing things when it's raining, you know, but how do you how do you approach it? How do you have fun with it and encourage people to have fun with it? Because if they look at you and say, oh, Aranka is having fun, you know, she's making the most of this and it is a learning experience. I feel like they kind of take that on as well. So you're right when you say that getting people out the door is the hardest part, because when you're out there and when you've kind of like made terms with the fact that, all right, this is it. This is where we are. How are we going to deal with it? That's when the fun and the magic kind of starts to happen. And I think it's when there is adversity is when 
people have the best experiences. I think when you talk to people and they look back, they're like, oh, do you remember that orientation trip? It was raining the whole time, but it was so much fun. I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when you get back from a hike and the clouds maybe part or don't part, you're like, is there a view? Is there not a view? Your hands are getting cold, but then, you know, you stop you make a cup of coffee and then you reminisce and reflect on, on what adventures you've had. You've made that adventure happen because of that emotional, physical and mental connection that you're now building with those relationships. Not to say that you and I wouldn't just love a 72 degree blue sky, white puffy cloud day for a run swim, you know, at camp, a biathlon or a trip, but you know, how better to teach the real world in the real world? right? There are days when you have a workload. Speaking to, you know, my friends in, in business and who are stuck in front of a computer and they need to get this project done. And, you know, and then they go fishing, they go hiking, they go climbing, and they get that ability to go somewhere and be challenged in a different way. Um, just reminds people how important it is to find work life balance, you know, with sort of things. And that work life balance can happen when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's hot, when it's warm, you know, in a variety of places with the right gear and the really good coffee at the end of the day, for me anyway, some people it's tea, some people it's just, you know, maybe a juice, whatever it might be. Or mate. Um, or mate. <laughs> We're like an advertisement for caffeinated beverages here. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when, when you think about the work-life balance, you know, do you feel that you're able to almost mentor that and, and embody that. And again, with the highs and lows, some days you're using others, but what are your secrets? What are your kind of go-to for maybe the, I've worked out, I've done this. What's your chill? Cause I think that's the other thing that I've tried to also focus and encourage in people and just myself, I'm a go, go, go kind of guy, but what's the other side? What's, what's the side that you bring the calmness back, you know, to your soul, to your body, to recharge. How do you do that? Um, I think recently for me, it's been cooking. Um, I really enjoy cooking for myself, but more for other people. Um, I've tried to pick up knitting or crocheting, um, and I love to read. So I think these are all ways in which I find myself, you know, just bringing, bringing it back, calming down, taking a few seconds for myself. Um, and I think it's so important to find that balance, right? Because if you're go, 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 and you're not listening to what your body needs or your mind needs, you're gonna burn out. So how do you, how do you kind of take a step back sometimes um, and take the take the time you need to do something meditative or that brings you joy or chill, you know, in your day? That's amazing, amazing. And at camp, one of the things I just, I truly do love at the end of the day at the end, is the campfire. Um, you know, I jokingly say that, you know, um, the campfire is the original TV, right? But the difference with the campfire is that it's one constantly changing, it's giving off a certain energy, but people circle up around the campfire and you start to share stories, you start to disconnect from that, that scrolling of the phone and, you know, because that imagery and um, more often than not, I'm trying to to utilize technology for its benefits, just like we do for IT Adventures, for Camp IT, Best Summer Job, all these things. We, we have to put ourselves out there to continue this relevancy, but 
you know, it's also finding that work-life balance where we're not just stuck to a screen that we can look and interact. And, and when we're in the wild, as you said, in some of the favorite places that you love to go to, when you get out there, you can really put that phone away and experience nature, fresh air, fresh movement, a run in the park, a walk around the neighborhood, see things, watch birds, watch dogs, whatever it is, and let that brain be challenged and creative, creating different ideas and imaginations. So even taking the subway the other day, I'm like, what am I on? Like, whoa, you know, I can't use my app because I don't have service down here. So I actually have to look, read, assess, and make sure I'm on the right train. And, and then also ask other people, am I on the right train? Like that's <laughs> that's a risk, right? I'm, I'm asking people, I'm embarrassed. Like I don't know where I'm going, but I get over that embarrassment to ask that. So if you're embarrassed to climb, if you're embarrassed to run, if you're embarrassed to swim, is it you're embarrassed or are the people not supporting you? So the final question is advice for people entering the outdoor adventure field, new to the field, or maybe they have a foundation in the field, but they're new to the job. What are some ways that for, worked for you or some advice you have as a, a director for outdoor adventure program can let people know, kids know, that when you're coming to an experience for the first time or a new experience at a new location, you know, or an old experience at a new location, how can they be successful? What are some trips? Hmm. Tips and tricks. So I was brought up with the ideal of try everything once, you know, and then if you don't like it, that's fine, but at least you would know. Um, and I, I think that's taken me places, just being willing to try a new experience or new food, whatever that might be, a new place, a new, new language. It's so important to just even nudge yourself out of your comfort zone just a little bit and try it once and then maybe have your opinion and go from there. And more with the outdoor adventure realm at camp and for our staff and kids and things, ask questions. I think I'm really good at asking questions. I ask a lot of questions at any given day. Um, and I, Mark knows that, he's laughing right now. Um, but it's important, right, to, to feel like you are mentally ready for any situation. And if asking questions is the way you you do that, then do that, you know, or learn by watching someone, have someone go before you so you can visually see what that would entail. There's so many different ways people learn and approach new experiences that I guess it's it's important to to find your own and then communicate that so we can encourage you to do it. Amazing. Amazing. Well said, you know, clarity. Um bravery and asking questions, I, I think it is a huge piece and permission, you know, to, to get, to get the okay, to, to understand why the ropes are the way they are here, why we belay a certain way. Um, we want to be able to answer those questions, you know, right or wrong. We don't want to be the people that say, do it because I told you to. Um, we want you to ask us and we want to explain it and we want to share it. And we want to be honest and say, it's a run swim guys it's not easy <laughs> right mm -hmm. walking on a sidewalk's easy um but this is about pushing ourselves and challenging ourselves but you're gonna run however far you want to run and you can walk some of it too you can walk you know so it's that almost permission you know what are my permissions for participation i would also add to that and 
you know, but what a great way asking questions. And, and I was laughing, but in a positive way, not in, in, in <laughs> making fun of Aranka because she, she does a great job of clarifying um, because we're also human, right, Aranka? When we go in the outdoor adventure field, um, there is a risk in, involved with these things. And if you're not comfortable yet with how to paddle or where you're going or, or is the climb set up correctly, that's where we have to check each other because maybe I didn't explain it in, you know, correctly, or I just told you 10 different things and you only caught the first three, you know, and I think that's how you learn to work well with someone. Um, and then, uh, and from, you know, a rock has caught me on many a climbs. I don't have to tell her I'm falling. She just almost can see my body language. She can see my calf start to shake, you know, and recognize when I'm about to fall. Um, and catch me, but that wasn't because we started climbing yesterday. It's because over the 10 years, her, Logan, Susie, the crew, you know, we've developed this rapport of asking and talking that it, it does become second nature. And you can't expect that on your first day, you know, anywhere, you know, to have that sort of connection. It, it comes with time. So, and time's what we got. So, you know, and we're, we're running out of time here. Ronka, any last inspirational or anything you want, you know, people to know a little bit about you before we head out? Um, no, I think, I think it's just important for everyone to find, find their Zen, find their time, find their love in being outside because it can only do good. There's, there's absolutely no bad that could come out of spending any time outside. So whatever that means for you. And I'm just looking forward to more adventures. Amazing. And that's where we're going to leave it. What, what, a, what a way to send everyone out, Aranka. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And I'll, I'll see you for a coffee later. Sounds good.